Today on the Dig Podcast, I am speaking to Kerry Nevins, who is the founder of Babakush. It all started when Kerry's son, Harry, was born and he was only settled and content when he was resting on her chest. He even cried in his car seat, he cried in his bouncer, he cried in his pram, and it was a trying time. So Kerry's quest for designing the ultimate swaddling cushion with soothing sounds and motion began at that stage. There's a lot more to it than just that, but Babakush, if you can just take this all in, turned over 1.3 million within the first year. This happened after the first Facebook video which Kerry posted of an unsettled baby settling on the Babakush went viral. It had over 20 million views within 24 hours. Kerry went to bed and she woke up with a crashed website hundreds of orders to the USA, over 1,500 emails, hundreds and thousands of Facebook comments, and over 100,000 shares. Isn't that the dream? I know what everyone's thinking. I want that. Huffington Post, Mashable, CNBC, Hashton Kutcher, Yahoo Parenting, Essential Baby, New York Magazine, and so many more were all sharing Kerry's product. Within six weeks of launch, Kerry had to give up childminding after 15 years because she couldn't cope with the workload. Oh my God. I was so pleased whenever Kerry agreed to be on the podcast because we want to hear how all that happened and, and try to get some nuggets for our own businesses. Um, so I want Kerry to pick up this from here. She's the one who'll give you all the details that we need to know on how to launch and sell such a successful product. Welcome to the Dig Podcast. I am your host, Caroline O'Neill, and I love to discuss all things online marketing, managing money, collaborations, making that killer pitch and developing that product that will make millions, as well as so many other topics that will inspire you in your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Dig Podcast. It's my absolute privilege to speak to thousands of you each week. Remember, I love to know when you've listened, so screenshot the episode and post on social, tagging me on Dig for Success and Dig Mama, and I will reshare with my audience. I'd also love if you could leave a review for the Dig podcast on whatever your favorite platform is, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. I love to see all your reviews. So thank you for being on the Dig podcast, Gary. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, it's a pleasure. Like when I'm even reading all that out, I'm like, oh, Gary, please tell us. Like I know... Um, it, it hasn't always been easy, but it's such an amazing story. So thank you for sharing it all with us today. Like, do you ever pinch yourself listening to that? Like 1.3 million in a year? Yeah, I mean, it's weird to listen to because um, there was so much that went on. You know, that's just it in a nutshell. But in the background, you know, in a way, I felt like I'd won the lottery. But then I was too busy to enjoy it. You know, yes. there was just so much going on. And life just went from childminding, looking after my own two kids, which I I started childminding because I wanted to be with my kids and not go out to work and leave them all the time. I just, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever Harry was born and he had his reflux and colic and I could never set him down, I remember just thinking, I can't even make a sandwich or go make a cup of tea or bath my daughter. Or um, I just couldn't, you know, I felt really bad for my daughter because she never got any time with me on her own. It was always Harry screaming in the background. And I used to look at his wee bouncy chair on the floor unused and think, if only I could put him in that, but on his tummy, rather than just set him in on his back or his bum. And um, then I thought, well, 
if I could make something that mimicked me that did do that, maybe he, you know, he would lie on that instead of on me and I could go to the loo in peace and, uh-huh. you know, just maybe dream. stand up and move because uh-huh. I'd be lying there with him just after a feed and my bladder would be bursting or I'd think, I really just need to go to the toilet. But if I set him down, he's going to waken up and cry again because once the screaming baby settles for a few minutes, you, that's, you know, you've got your peace and you don't want to move. So... I decided, well, I'll make his bouncer into something that he can lie on his tummy, but my God, it was not easy. You know, we got bits of, you know, pillow and a cushion and different things, but they were all too soft and his face sank into them. And it just wasn't as easy as what I thought, which nothing ever is. So I ended up, um, after a couple of more weeks of suffering on, thinking, right, this child's just not going to settle. What am I doing wrong? Because my daughter was perfect. She was a great wee baby. So I phoned some upholstery companies and I found a place in Lisburn, Dunmurray, and I asked if I could buy sort of something more firm that wasn't a pillow, but it was foam. I knew what I meant, but I had to try and describe yes. that to other people. So in the end, I drove to Dunmurray and got a big sheet of one metre of foam, basically, that you would have on your sofa, but it was about an inch deep. And I got it home, laid out on the floor and thought, what am I going to do with this? So I chopped it up into rectangular pieces, like a, a small piece and then another piece, like all layered over each other until it had sort of a hump shape and it was quite firm. And then I got just some a, you know, T-shirt or fleece or something from wherever I had upstairs. And I sewed that around it, you know, to make a wee cover because it was only for Harry, you know, wasn't, nobody else was really going to see it. And um, then it was a matter of trying to hold him in it. But in the meantime, I set this thing on the sofa and sort of raised it up with a cushion under one end. And after I'd fed him one day, I had it all warm with a wee hot water bottle on it. <laughs> and then I lifted him off me and lowered him onto this thing and thought, right, happy days. And sort of, you know, put a blanket around him, tightly tucked it in so he was going to stay. And he was only a few weeks old. And um, he lasted about two minutes, which was a breakthrough because not on me, two minutes, amazing. But I thought, right, I need more than two minutes. This is pointless. So I thought if it moved, if it had a heartbeat sound or you know a sort of human movement of some sort um it would be so much better so his little bouncer had a wee um plastic thing on it a wee box that vibrated you know like who wants to sit you know what baby enjoys that sort of emotion but apparently they do so he never did because he never sat in his bouncer but anyway I took this thing off and put it under this foam thing that I'd made for him the next time and I had it turned on hot water bottle you know on top of the thing feeding him got him off, fast asleep, put him on this with the wee vibration underneath and he stayed there for two hours. <gasps> and I thought, whoa, oh my God, I did not know myself. I'm getting know. shivers oh, at the memory. I know. <laughs> You've got kids yourself. You know what it's like. Um, I actually have a baby push too. So oh, yes. I okay. do have one, so I know <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. But wow, for you to just create that and get yeah. that reaction from your baby. But in my head, I wasn't thinking, oh, yes, I've solved a world problem, you I'm know, for all mothers. For all I, you know, I was just this knackered mum. I thought, thank God, I've got some peace, you know. Uh-huh. I, was, I went to the kitchen with two hands and buttered bread, you know, which I hadn't done for such a long time with both hands. And um, then my mum called in and I said, look, look at Harry, you know, he's so happy, he's okay. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, you think if your baby's crying, you're doing something wrong. You know, it's my fault. This child is dependent on me. Yes. Where am I going wrong here as a parent? Mm-hmm. So um, I thought if it works repeatedly, you know, it'll it'll be great. And it did, it continued to work. And then, you know, so I made it a wee bit better and put more effort into it and tidied up the harness. So you made a better harness because it didn't even have one. And that was fine. Then eventually he grew out of his um, colic and reflux or whatever it was he had. I never got it diagnosed necessarily. Yes. I just thought I've got a whingy cry baby. You know, I knew he was eating plenty and uh-huh. you know, there's no reason to run to a doctor. Babies just cry. Yes. And um, 
Then my sisters, they were, I was the first to have babies. So my older sister, she had a baby next and she said, Gemma's really unsettled. Can I borrow that thing you made for Harry? Where is it? So I dug it out of wherever it was. And then her baby loved it. And you know, it sort of went around the family for a couple of years like that. And then I thought I really should do something about this. You know, it is, it, if it doesn't just work for my baby, I can't be the only human with a baby that whinges this much and my sisters too. And then my younger sister, whenever she had her baby, um, she, I said to her, is it working or have you used it? And she said, I actually feel really guilty because she said, I put Maya on it and she was on it for two hours and I was cleaning the house, getting loads of stuff done and I just carried it on. She said she ended up staying on that thing for four hours and she said, am I a bad parent now? <laughs> you know, because I've just ignored my daughter for four hours. Yes. But I think it's just the freedom that you feel yeah. when you get that time to yourself, which you just don't get when you've got a new baby. So at that point then I thought, right, I'm, I'm actually going to do this. It was one of those, not a moment of inspiration, but you know the way sometimes you'll sort of listen to a song and it'll give you the chills or you're, you're doing something, you just feel inspired. And yes. I think I had the kids in bed one night and my husband, he was a fireman, so he was out in his night shift and I was just on my own, just lying on the sofa, appreciating the quiet and listening to a really lovely piece of music. I sound really posh. Yeah. <laughs> piece of music. It does. I must try that, <laughs> listening to nice, soft music. Yeah. But anyway. And then I just started thinking about this thing that had made Harry and thought, I should. You know, people are asking for that because then my sister's friends were saying, oh, could I borrow that thing for my baby? And everybody wanted it. And then if somebody had it, everyone else was saying, oh, could you make me one? You know, could you maybe, if I pay you, will you make me one? So in the end, I was thinking, I don't really want to make three or four more of these because what if something happened or, you know, and yes. I just mocked this thing up at home. And I just didn't feel right so I thought I'll actually look into it and see about maybe um, you know I could start making these maybe get some local seamstress to make them in Northern Ireland and start selling them locally so I thought well where do I go with that you know I spoke to my mum and said what would I do and you know I asked a few people and nobody really knew what you would do if you had an invention you feel like a crazy person you know uh -huh. you just sort of picture a man with you know crazy white hair uh -huh. Um so back then Harry's now 19 so this is you know 16 or 17 years ago so I um, went to the phone book, as we did back then. I think we had a great big computer, but I didn't know how to use the internet or even if it, I'm sure it was a um, thing, but I um, never did it back then. Uh -huh. Sounds ridiculous, I'm so old. And I went to I for inventions and thought, well, this is what it is, it's an invention, like what is it? And the only thing- It was the Yellow Pages, wasn't it, did you say? Yeah, the Yellow Pages, yeah. Uh -huh. The phone book was for household numbers, yeah, so wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the Yellow Pages, pages businesses. The, like organizations and businesses, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I went to the Yellow Pages and all I saw was inventors clubs and I thought, well, do you know what, you have to start somewhere. And I phoned the inventors club number and a lovely old man, well, I'm assuming he was old, he sounded quite old, answered. And I said, like, I've got this idea and I just don't know really what to do with it or how I get started or, you know, what do you do if you want to make a product and sell it uh -huh. worldwide, potentially? And he said, well, sure, why don't you come along to the inventors club and we'll have a chat. And I thought, well, I don't want to go to an inventors club. I just pictured a room full of crazy old men, which it probably might not have been. But yes, that's just, what you know. thought. Uh -huh. And I said, well, I'm very busy. I'm a new mum. Is there any other, you know, direction you could point me in? And he said, try phoning your local university, the innovation department who knew there was such a thing, I didn't know. And it just so happened that I lived practically across the road from University of Ulster at the time. So I phoned the innovation department, spoke to them, told them what it was, and he said, sure, come on down and bring it with you and we'll have a chat. And he, this guy, he had a young family himself and he loved it, he thought it was brilliant. And his wife actually, she worked in one of the hospitals in the maternity ward. So I was with the right person. Yes. I thought, well, this is sort of falling into place. It's maybe meant to be. 
So he advised me to the next protocol would be to speak to Invest NI about some funding, you know, because apparently launching a new product can be a very expensive exercise, mm. which, yeah, you would think so. So I spoke to Invest NI, um, phoned them, told them I had an invention and what would I do? Every time, even it makes me cringe now saying I have an invention, you know, because even people say to me, what do you do? Uh-huh. I don't really know what to say. I invented a I, um, worldwide million dollar product. Well, <laughs> it just sounds so, yeah. Probably I could say yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> so um, I normally just say I have a baby company. Uh-huh. Well, and, you do too. Uh, but it's not babies really, is it? It's a baby I, product. I know, I know. <laughs> So anyway, um, Invest and I invited me to go in and have a chat with somebody there. So went in, sat down, told him what it was. In fact, I brought it with me. It was in a bag. So it was, I mean, it was a terrible looking thing because I just sewn it up myself at home. But he seemed to like it. I was really nervous because it was like, oh, flip, if I don't you know, get through this, this is going to help me with funding and advice and everything. So if I don't get through this, I was really nervous. It was only yeah. in my twi- well, maybe early 30s. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, what, what would I do if I didn't get through this? You just, at that age, I just wanted, I thought if somebody doesn't believe in it, then it's not a good idea. I didn't really trust my own, um, I don't know, my own inner guidance mm-hmm. on it at the time. So he liked it and said um, the next stage would be to come and sort of do a bit of a presentation in front of six men or, you know, business people here that work in Invest NI. And then we'll all discuss it, have a meeting. And if we think that it has legs, then, you know, we'll bring you on to the next stage. So then it was, you know, things like that would make me so nervous. Yes. And well, they did back then anyway. So I got my date for a couple of weeks later and, um, I brought my mum with me. I said, Mummy, there's no way I can do anything like this on my own. I was Uh really shy. So mum came too. And thank God she did, because I remember standing in that room and it was really intimidating. And these six men sitting around a table and they said, right, go on ahead. And I went, and I just froze. And my mum then just went, she was standing right beside beside me. Yes. I said, can I bring my mum? I said, that's fine. So luckily she, she didn't care. She just blabbed away about it. And then once she just got started, and then it was okay. It was like, oh no, hang on, hang on. You're saying it's all wrong. You know, <laughs> Back off, mom. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've done your bit. <laughs> Step aside. So she, yeah, mom was brilliant. She was with me a lot throughout it, you know, just really supportive. You really believed in it. And um, it was brilliant to have that. So then they all liked it. I heard straight away, yeah, this is great. Um, we'll help you with the next stage. So I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I remember being given a slip of paper and it basically had listed a lot of the things. I Well, not a lot, maybe six or seven things I might need to do now, which is get a product designer, um, get the product protected, you know, the IP and maybe design protection or a patent or whatever it might be. I would need to get advice on that and what sort of funding I might get from Invest NI and how to go about all that. It was just a lot more complicated than what I would have thought. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted someone to tell me, do this and do that and off you go. Um, So, yeah, it sort of went from there. And um, then they, I suppose they gave me maybe four or five people that could advise me on the design protection, another four or five that could maybe be a designer. And honestly, the people you go through and you think because you're going in completely blind and nobody can recommend somebody to you and they all charge an absolute fortune. Yes. So then it got to the point of, how am I going to pay for this? I'm just a child minder and we don't have loads of cash, well, any cash lying uh-huh. around. So mum stepped yeah. in and said, don't worry, well, a lot I'll of, help you out. A lot of, when I'm speaking to business um, owners on here and entrepreneurs and all, a lot of them have, you know, got support from their family, you know, because really? that's what you, yeah. you turn to first, yeah. isn't it? And if they have it, they always will help. It's just the way it is. So yeah. I, just, I think that's a 
good thing, you know, to be able to say, you know. Yeah. So. Wouldn't it be hard though being the family member and thinking, I really don't believe in this, and I, I, but, and I can't say no because you know. know. But your parents always believe in you, don't they? Don't they? I yeah. know. So that's just part of it. But yeah. so your mum and dad or whatever helped you out, and uh-huh. I just I come from one of those families, especially my dad's side of problem solvers. Like yeah. if something's broken, it's not broken for long. You know, we will fix it. You know, my dad can fix anything. He's just one of those people grew up on a farm and um well, yeah we're just problem solvers well you're, you're like that. well you're like that because look what you did you problem solved your, yeah you know you're like yeah. the then. yeah i know it must be yeah so then so then you got to that stage and then best and i had given you the go ahead and then talk to us about that legality side of patent your product and all of it yeah. that goes with it that's that's not easy isn't it not getting a product to, from an idea to an actual one that you can sell yeah that's hard and the scariest thing for me as soon as i thought well people do believe in this and invest and i are going to back me and i thought well this is a good idea what if somebody steals it you know i've just come up with this new idea that no one's ever thought of but then again have they what if it does exist somewhere in the world and i just haven't seen it so um i the first thing i did was spoke to a patent attorney and said what do i do i've got this idea and she said we'll need to do an early search and examination was her you know words around it and then that'll sort of give us a, a good idea if something does ex- exist rather than putting loads and loads of hours into it and charging you a fortune that'll just cost you 800 pounds and i thought oh god here we go 800 <laughs> started <quid."> right <laughs> and then invest and i can if i pay this patent attorney 800 pounds can you pay that for me or what way does this yes. work and they really it's invest and i looked after me so so well like they were on the ball straight away couldn't have been more helpful but the most frustrating thing is you have to spend the money before get, you get it off. I know. And I thought, that doesn't make any sense. And I said that to them for years and they did towards the end of whenever I didn't need them anymore and I'd sort of gone past all that stage. They were looking into changing, changing that. that. So whether or not they have now, I don't know. Hopefully oh, they I think have. It's still, you have to spend it to get it. Still. But as far as I know, but I must look into right. that. But I just spoke to a recent business that I was working with and that was the, they were getting a marketing grant, but they had to spend the money before they got it back. Yeah, and it's quite a complicated process as well. And I'm one of these people that um, I, I just chuck everything out. You know, I like everything neat and tidy and in order. Mm-hmm. And you had to keep everything. I mean, I suppose the business so, anyway, all yeah. the invoices and all the bits and bobs and what refers to what and all the dates and email chains. And, uh, and you do have to be on the ball when you're working with a government body like that, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I got into this position because I'm really not into all that. Um, well, it just shows you, though, when you're a creator, you can still have away. the business um, journey, mm-hmm. you know, by asking people what you don't know, which is yeah. what you did. Like you said, you reached out to the attorney and the and yeah. Invest NI guided you and all. So mm-hmm. creators can be the business people that they maybe think they can't because yeah. you're an example. And I think I one of my problems was I tried to do everything myself. And then the more people I met along the way and the further I came with it, people said, why are you trying to do everything? You know, you need an accountant, you need a consultant, you need a financial advisor, you know, you need different people to do different things, but you're trying to do it all. Because you're trying to save money because you have no money. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> and then once you have money, you're so afraid of it being taken away. You think, what if? You know, I'm one of these, like, what if? Oh, my God. And, you know, you need to just, you know, look towards a positive outcome rather than a negative one. But then you want to be realistic as well. And you think, well, I've got a family who are depending on me. I don't want to lose everything. I don't want to remortgage the house to put it into this new business. So, yeah, there was a patent attorney and the fear of somebody copying my idea. And as it turned out, there's always prior art prior art they call it so no matter what product you're going to invent there's going to be someone who's thought about something like it so some of the stuff we found it was hilarious you know these giant you know machines with you know babies on their front with chains practically wrapped around them and uh-huh. you know tied yeah um but it looked it looked okay you know that we could go ahead and do something but it was like am i even 
I'm going to go down the route of a and if you know I'm so early days this product could change and it could take a long time well, in my head I was going to launch this thing within six to twelve months uh -huh. and how long did that <laughs> process take about 14 years what I'm not joking yeah 14 years Bubble Kush only launched in 2015 14 years and yeah. I didn't know that that's not in my notes obviously 14 years by my reaction but because I you know as much as I had invest NI and patent attorneys I didn't have anyone that had actually done what I wanted to do and I was given a name from Vest and I of somebody that had done it, but um, why don't you phone this girl? And honestly, I was a nervous wreck thinking, this girl's probably really busy and she's not going to want to talk to me or anybody else. And I feel like such a pest. But anyway, I finally got her anyway after a lot of effort. And she couldn't have been less helpful. She basically told me, oh dear, this is a terrible idea. I've got my pediatrician friend to look at it. It's dangerous, it's this, it's that, and you shouldn't go ahead. And everything she did tell me, she was going, blah, 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 you know, 100 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, trying to make notes. And I felt like, oh, I'm so sorry. Right, I got off the phone now. I just got off the phone and cried my eyes out. And I thought, see if I ever make it in life or if I'm, I'm ever in a position. I'm no, I am going to be one. so nice to everybody who's like I me. Know. I'm going to help anyone I possibly can. And actually, that's what I'm starting to do now it's a new business venture but that's I'll talk about and that I'm going to find out about that at the end but okay. like yes things like that guide you then because it reminds you of how you felt when you made that call uh -huh. Uh -huh. and that's how we all feel at some stage and that yeah. woman you know you yeah. know I'm sure she was like that at a time should I name her no no you <laughs> should not it? I'm only joking <laughs> I would no, never do that. I know you wouldn't, but <laughs> I'm sure she's a lovely person. She probably was really busy and she probably thought, oh, I get these calls all the time, which I do. Yes. But, you know, it doesn't cost anything to be nice to someone. No, it doesn't. So when she said that to you, like, this isn't a go, this is not going to be any good, how did you pick yourself up after that? Yeah, so, I mean, she said, I'll speak to my paediatrician friend, you know, because she's in the field that, you know, you're maybe hoping to get into with this, but, you know, you need to be careful and it's babies and this. So already she put the fear of God on me about, oh, it's babies, which I knew anyway. So then she phoned me back, I think it was a day or two days later, and said, right, I've spoken to my friend. And I was like, oh, brilliant, please, that'll be good news. And she said, no, do not do this, do not do this. It's it's dangerous, you know, babies could die, and they're going to be, you know, on a you know a thing that you've created, and what about safety testing, and they're on their tummies, and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, um, God, okay. So sure, I really I really felt like my inner guidance was telling me, to, you know, to do this. So uh -huh. get off the phone, cried, but mum, oh, this girl says this. And she went, don't listen to a word she says. I think it's a brilliant idea. And so do all the mums think about the people who've actually used it. And sure, it'll go through safety testing and whatever else. And I was like, well, I don't even know about safety testing. I hadn't even thought about that at that stage. Mm -hmm. So it's phone invest and I and said, what's this about safety testing? And they said, oh, well, once your product is complete and you've got your finished design and your prototype, then it'll go through safety testing. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go through all this and spend an absolute fortune and then it might, it'll have to go through safety testing and I don't even know if it's going to pass. And actually, I would rather know what that would entail now so that I can prepare for it and make the product around Safe. safety uh -huh. testing. So I spoke to, actually, Invest and I gave me the name of a guy who was local and he was involved in safety testing. And he used to come out to the house all the time and talk and talk and talk. I was like, oh, please, just tell me what I need to know or just do it for me or something. But it was all paperwork and, you know, legislations and different things for different products. And my problem was that there wasn't a safety standard for my product because my product didn't exist. So you can have safety standards for car seats and high chairs and 
you know, that table and that light, but there is nothing for a babokush, which wasn't called a babokush back then. I actually did call it a babo because um, it was sort of baby, you know, baba, and my daughter's first word because I felt she was so left out of this journey. <laughs> she was two and she was great. Yeah. But her first word was babo, which meant blankie. Yes. Um, her two favorite things in life for her blankie and her bobo were bottles. So uh-huh. she's boo boo babo, boo boo babo. And I thought, let's call it a babo in the meantime, just yes. so it has an aim rather than going that thing for Harry. So, um, yeah, so this guy sort of tried to guide me on safety testing and he kept sending me through all these standards and I had to pay for each one to get a call. I was like, surely I could just find this on the internet, but you couldn't find these certain standards. So I had to buy them all and had to file off them. And then they weren't even relevant to mine anyway. And he couldn't, he personally couldn't help me with it. So I found a company in London or England somewhere and um, they were all over safety standards and things. So I ended up paying them quite a lot of money as well to look into the safety and they said look we'll just write a new standard for it so we'll sort of include some of the standards for bouncers and like little sleepy sacks and things but then you know you'll have your own personal standard and the whole time you're thinking this just doesn't feel very you know worldwide at the moment you know I'm sort of Uh feeling like oh really insecure um so I just you know you just have to go with the flow and I thought you know what each step at a time I can't look at the bigger picture I just have to get from A to B to see you know rather than going from A to Z because if I'd looked from A to Z I would have thought no, no you're actually all right thanks I'm not going to do all that yes. I think I'll just live my nice happy normal life because <laughs> it got to the point where I thought I, I don't actually have a life anymore I've got two young children I wanted to be a childminder so I could be at home with them and I was so busy trying to then launch this other business that I thought this is really defeating the purpose of being at home with my kids. And then I always felt like I'm a really emotional person. So if something annoys me or something goes wrong, I don't go around slamming doors and shouting at people. I just cry. So mm-hmm. I just spent the days going, oh, I'm crying, you know, but like, oh, hi, you know, trying to talk, but crying at the same time. And that was just how I released all my frustration and emotion. Um, but I mean, I can't go into every single detail, but basically I went through different product designers until I found somebody who wasn't going to try and do a million different things to it somebody I can't remember I had so many words of wisdom over the years and certain things have stuck with me and one of them was that these designers will try and put whistles and bells on everything and they'll try and change your whole idea to make it their sort of you know something that they have created in their mind but you need to bring it back and go is there it is it good does it work and is it safe? You know, those were the only two things that really mm-hmm. mine had to do. Does it work? Yes. Is it safe? Yes. I'm going to change it because mm-hmm. people were then advising me to maybe put like a shell around it or something in case a baby fell off it or toppled off. And I was like, but all these other products don't have shells. Why does mine have a, need to have a shell? But I went down the shell route anyway. Did you? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Found a plastic components company and I went and spoke to them. And of course, everybody wants to make money. So everyone's going to go, yes, we, we'll do that for you. Come on ahead and we'll make a shell for your babble kush. And I remember then my cousin, more words of wisdom, spoke to him one day. He phoned me one day and said, look, I think you should speak to this guy in Hollywood. Um, he's, he could advise you. He has a really successful business and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I've already annoyed somebody with a really successful business. And I didn't go. It didn't end well. I was in tears after. So I really don't want to phone this guy. And that was actually a good few years before I did end up phoning the guy. So Whenever I spoke to my cousin, he said, what stage are you at? And I told him about the plastic shell and all these things. And people keep advising me to add more and do more. And he said, you're overthinking it. Just get it done. Like, you could do this forever. You could just keep procrastinating and going, oh, I'll add this and I'll do that. And that person says this. You can't please everyone. And I was like, God, you're so right. And that really just gave me a good kick in the ass. And I just thought, you know what? I don't care what anyone else says. My son loved it. All the other babies loved it. And it works. 
Um, one of the things I did actually as well, once I had a good prototype, was if I saw somebody walking down the street with a buggy, I stopped them and said, hi, <laughs> I know I'm going to sound really crazy, but I have this product and it's been around family and friends who are only going to tell me what I want to hear and be nice and go, yeah, it's amazing. But I need some clear feedback. I need the pros and the cons. You know, this is after having a good conversation with these strangers and, you know, just ask them, could you use this on your baby? And they were all like, all these strangers were really nice. They just walked down the streets like a mad woman. I thought it's amazing how, you know, I would run a mile from me, but these people are actually nice. And the first person I did that with, she lived um, in like a wee housing estate just down the road from us. And I met her, she was out walking. I thought, oh, flip, I was so nervous and embarrassed. I'm just going to do it. So I just left the house and walked down the street and said, I know you live down there and you've got four kids. This is their fourth baby. Um, I've got this product. Would you mind ever trying it out? And she said, yeah, of course. She was just really easygoing on the fourth child as you are. You yes. know, you're a bit like, ah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, so she took it that morning at about 10 o'clock. And she said he goes down for his sleep at about 11. So she said, I'll let you know, you know how it goes in a few hours. I'll phone you this afternoon. So I started phoning her at about one o'clock. I thought he's bound to have tried it. You know, I just wanted some feedback. I actually gave her a questionnaire to fill in, you mm -hmm. know, about um, did it work? You know, did he like it? How long did he stay on for? Did he go on after a feed, before a feed? Was he unsettled or settled when he went on it? Um, would you change anything about it? Do you think it needs a heartbeat? Do you know it has a vibration? Or do you think it needs this and that? How much would you pay for it? Um, so sent her away with her questionnaire. Um, never heard back from her. And then it got to about six o'clock that night. And I thought, maybe I should go and knock her door. Still I sleeping, was he? <laughs> she said he slept for five and a half hours and she fell asleep too, knackered on the sofa. She was taking photos of him, sending me them. And he literally, he was like half hanging off, you know, because it was only a prototype. Yes, and I thought, yeah. oh my God. But she loved it. She said, you're not getting it back. Can I keep it another few days? And I was so overjoyed. I said, yeah, just keep it a few days. And but then other people wanted it and had to try and get my, my market research done. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, that was good. Things like that, you know, gave me such a lift and spurred me on. But it, isn't it funny how you can have one amazing moment like that and you're so happy and excited. And then one person can tell you one negative thing. And you go 10 steps back and it's really hard to bring yourself back into that positive mindset mm. and just say, keep going. It's okay. Just keep going. Mm -hmm. Stay on your path. So yeah, in the end, you just, I got more resilient and just learned to try and ignore those voices and trust in myself and what my family were telling me. The Dig podcast is all about educating my listeners, but it's so important to me that it is also a place to gain exposure. Each week, we open up the podcast to brands and business owners to pitch to you guys. My name is Louise Kahn, business owner of Benone Getaways. I am delighted to sponsor Series 4 of the Dig podcast and be featured as one of Carline's guests. Benone Getaways is a luxury resort based on the Causeway Coast, walking distance from Benone Beach. It has spectacular views of Benevena Mountain and the hills of Donegal. We are open all year round for that perfect beachside escape. The resort consists of six unique luxury glamping pods and two self-catering holiday homes. Four of our pods come in their very own private hot tubs. All of our pods have personal fire pits and our guests can enjoy the amazing chill and grill barbecue hut. Take advantage of getting the family together or even a group of friends and book an unforgettable stay. Our resort is in the heart of Benone, close to an amazing activity centre, mini golf, surf school, walking distance from a bar and restaurant. 
The Known Getaways is a great base for exploring the North Coast and visiting the top tourist attractions such as Motherton Temple, Giants Causeway and many more. Just an hour's drive from us is both Belfast and Derry slash Londonderry. We are only five minutes away from the Lockfoil Ferry, the gateway to Inishone. After a long hard day exploring, pop open a Prosecco and gather around the fire pit or soak in your very own private hot tub. Benone Getaways can cater for all occasions, including birthdays, anniversaries, hen parties and many more. Get in touch and create your very own tailor-made experience, which can make memories that last a lifetime. Start your giant adventure at Benone Getaways. Find us on all the socials at Benone Getaways or on our website www.benonegetaways.co.uk. And so, so I'm trying to get us up to 2015 here. Like, when did things start to happen? Right. So, um, this I think it was the the um, the safety guy that I met in Northern Ireland. He knew a guy that um, he used to know in America, who now lived in China, who was involved with different factories and was able to source products for people. So perfect. So I just have to stop here because is this a process of just asking people flat out who knows who and who can help? Yeah, uh, is, yeah. Is that is that's, that that's what I had to do because Investa and I, as wonderful as they are, they couldn't give me names of factories in China and uh, actually never mind China. That was going to be my last resort. I was determined I wasn't going to go to China. And in fact, I've never been to China. But what I didn't want to do is have a product made in China because I had heard you know terrible things about anything made in China is really poor quality and all the rest. So I thought I'm going to get it made here in Northern Ireland. And then I couldn't. So then there were so many different bits to it. I mean, it looks so basic. It just looks like a pillow with a cover on it and a harness. But um, it's, you know, it's a foam cushion. It's got the vibration device that slots into it. With It's got the vibration and heartbeat and different settings on it. And then it's got a mattress protector that goes over that in case your baby, you know, has any spills. And then over that, there's a nice soft cover. And then it has a five-point harness. That was a complete nightmare. There was a pair of curtains involved in that. But... Um, basically because the harness has to hold different babies of different sizes you know from tiny premature up to you know you want it you don't want somebody to have to buy a new cover every few months so up to six months old so then you think well how do I make a harness that you know that doesn't have big buckles and straps and tightening things that are going to stick into a wee soft back mm-hmm. I'm so fussy about things like that it has to be completely soft and comfortable so um, I thought well maybe velcro would work you know but then how do you if you're pulling a wee harness up between the legs a bit like a nappy and then the two bits over the side shoulder straps were added a few years later um, it's because the babies kept sliding mm-hmm. um, how where does the harness go I had it like at the very if you imagine like a pillow and then here's the two sides of it the harness was at either side and then the baby slipped down mm-hmm. there so in the end I realized I had to sew the whole harness onto the babocush itself like that like a panel and then the baby sat on that that was already sewn on to the cover and then the wee bum strap come up and then the two sides like that. But then the Velcro didn't meet the Velcro <laughs> if the baby got too big. So, yeah. So, so so right. So then you couldn't get it made here. Obviously, then it was yeah. going to be too expensive. So then tried Poland and Sweden. And so basically, I could get somebody in Poland to do the foam mattress. I could get somebody in Sweden to do the cover. I could get somebody in China. The only place was China to do the vibration and mm-hmm. the heartbeat control box. Get somebody in Northern Ireland to do the packaging and mm-hmm. the, the safety leaflet that I had to then write out. Yes. So I thought, there's there's just no way this thing's going to cost about two grand for me to make. Never mind. Who's yes. going to buy it? You know, yes. it's going to last your baby six months and it's going to cost you five grand yes. <laughs> you know, okay. for a few moments' pace. So in the end, the person that my cousin had recommended I speak to all those years ago I phoned him and said I need some help 
you know, and he said, come and see me. And he was lovely. He was absolutely brilliant. And he did sort of, I didn't know that he got products made in China, but he did. And he said, the thing with China is it has a bad reputation because people do get cheap crap made there. But he said, if you find the right factory and the right people, you can get a really good quality product made and I'll guide you through that process. How lucky for you to meet him though. Well, people, I just, yeah. or to, to, for you to take the courage to ring him or for, yeah. that, for your cousin to tell you about him because people search forever for that person to tell them about that right factory. I know. So it's amazing so. that you got that. I'm so happy you did, obviously, I after know. that whole journey. But so like, like the logistics of, sh so you've got your product made, now you got it in China. I'm sure that wasn't an easy process either, but mm -mm. you've got your product now, shipping that product keeping storing that product like how does someone like you that has no knowledge of that get around that totally? yeah, yeah so there's people listening probably that have a product and are at this stage and they're mm -hmm. battling with all those things what what did that look like for you yeah so for me um i was so fixated on just getting the thing made well, where will i get it made how, who's going to do it and for the right price that once i found all of that it was like oh brilliant this factory's going to make it then you have your next panic attack like, oh my god it's going to cost me you know thousands and thousands of pounds i'm going to have to pay a third of the cost of the deposit and then whenever the product leaves the factory i have to pay the balance and then I have to pay to get it to the country am i going to bring it to this country or will it you know where's it going to sell is it going to be over here so um yeah that was a scary moment of right you've got your product it's ready to go so i'm talking about like the logistics of shipping oh, yeah. and warehousing mm -hmm. and stuff how did yeah how did you get around all that is the best and i still supporting you at this stage with that yeah. kind of information okay yeah yeah so they were brilliant so they they were great with you know say an innovation voucher as they would have called it so mm. um or a technical development incentive so anything sort of technical and you know even the protection and the design and the patent and stuff you know things like that they were very good at helping with um, so yeah, so once the product right's ready to go, it's being manufactured, it's going to be ready in six weeks and then it's going to take six weeks on sea to get it to wherever you want it to go. And the person luckily that um, I ended up speaking to, who helped me find a nice factory and everybody to make it for me, he had his own products so he knew about the shipping and the freight and what to do there so he he just helped my hand the whole way through it mm -hmm. and I like was like wow you know it's amazing and then you know if you look back over your journey and you think now social media whenever I first was looking into this saying I'm going to have this done within six months to, tw to a year social media wasn't as big a thing then you know mm -hmm. Facebook wasn't I don't even know if you could do paid ads I, very much I, you couldn't I know mm -hmm. you couldn't so everything just sort of fell into place. So I was able, I'm always a positive person through all my tears and crying and <laughs> releasing of emotions. I do always think everything happens for a reason at the right time for me and the rest of the world or whatever it might be. So whenever my product was being manufactured, Facebook was just, you know, a big, you know, it was getting more and more popular and people had said, you need to set up a Facebook page. I didn't even have one for myself. And I was like, oh God, he's going to help me with that. You know, it's more technical stuff. But I got that done and I think I got 30 people to, to like it, you know, friends and family. And um, then it was right now the products being manufactured. I had nothing like my life was just like, oh, I can breathe for a few mm. weeks here. But what do I do? You know, I've just spent all this money getting a product manufactured. There's no money left at the pot now to market it. You know, what do I do? Hand out leaflets or, you know, it's going to be the best kept secret whenever it does arrive in a warehouse. So um, by the way, I was going to bring it back to Northern Ireland. It was going to go to a warehouse here and a few over to England as well, just to, because that's the way this guy did it. So it worked out well. Um, so. In the end, I didn't know. I thought, you know what, I'll just have to cross that bridge when I come to it. Um, I had a couple of prototypes and things, and <clears throat> whenever the product arrived, I had had a couple of parents that had tried it out, you know, some that were pregnant, and then they had their babies, and I said, would you take photos and just send them to me so I have something to put in my page? So they did that, and that was great, and that was sort of like a pre-launch thing. Um, 
website even so you get the website designed and the amount of work that goes into that and all the you know pages matching up and everything but I didn't have great faith in my website in the beginning and I'll tell you about that later because I'll keep on track here so yeah the product arrived Carrie your product has arrived it's in the warehouse it's going to clear customs within the next few days and then that's it and I was like oh god this guy's helped me with this warehouse they're going to be saying right you need to sell this you yeah, know because I'm paying <laughs> storage yeah I'm yeah. going to be paying storage for this every month and the fees aren't cheap so I thought, how am I going to sell this stuff? And, you know, maybe somebody, you know, people put the word out there and I sold two within the, you know, the next few weeks. I thought, oh, big deal. Okay, two orders. I remember texting my mum going, two O's, like two orders. And she said, whoa, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, somebody bought one, um, somebody from England, because you were able to go in and she sent me a video. I didn't ask her. I just heard no more about it. Sent, you know, I knew every order that went out because there were so few. And next thing she sent me, did she, I think she maybe posted a video on her page or she sent me a video and said, thank you so much. This has really helped my baby. Oh, happy day. So I said, can I post your video on our Facebook page? Yeah, that's fine. And it was basically a 30 second video of her baby. This is the clincher now. This is, this is, this is the bet I've been building for Okay. (laughs) This is what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. So her wee boy, he was a couple of months old and he was, he wasn't a terrible unsettled baby like mine, but she put him in the babble cushion. He went, just having a wee whinge, a wee garden, um, nothing too serious. And the, she had a wee rocker rocking underneath it. And he went from unsettled to settled within a few seconds. And he was like, oh. And you could just see that wee baby's face. So I posted that. And then I think about it, I went and had dinner and he was spending time with the family. And then my husband's best friend phoned. I heard him go, what is it? What are you talking about? Carrie's Facebook page. So I went on, had a look. And this video had had like tens of thousands of likes. And there was loads of comments under it. And my, I looked at my phone and all these orders were pinging through. Oh, and getting shivers. Oh. Like literally get shivers when you said that. Oh I my know. God. It, but it was scary. I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know, and I can't even phone my, my warehouse because they're closed. You know, it's nighttime. And um, yeah, so carried on like that. And I was going to bed that night, hardly able to sleep because it was like, oh, there's so many emails coming in. And what am I going to do? How am I going to look after all this? And there's kids coming tomorrow. It was a Tuesday night. So I had, you know, a house full of children the next day. Woke up the next morning and thought, let's see how many orders I've got. And my website wasn't there. I was like, where's my website? Where's my website? I was phoning the website guy whenever he was open. I was like, my website's gone. Where is it? And I was going into emails and it was, where's your, I tried to order this and I can't log on to your website and it keeps glitching or your website's crashed. And I was like, what the hell's happening here? But apparently, what I didn't know then, your website crashes when there's so much traffic Mm -hmm. going through it. I wouldn't know. It's never <laughs> happened to me. It's never happened to me, oh, but anyway, brilliant. go ahead. That was one of my fears. I remember yes. somebody said to me back in the early days, and I didn't know about websites, is it a good website? And I said, I know nothing about websites. Mm. It's a website. That's all I know. Mm. Make sure, just in case you get quite a lot of orders through or a lot of traffic, I websites can, can crash. And I thought, is this this thing that people told me about? Because I, I had a bad feeling. See, if you go back in your life and you think about feelings you've had, it ties in with the times when you said, should have gone. Why did I not listen to my gut? Mm-hmm. My gut told me at that time, don't use this website person it's mm-hmm. not going to work and it didn't so um my cousin who was the wise guy you know once we got the website back on and all these hundreds of orders to fulfill which by the way were all for usa i think i had about two for northern ireland i was like usa i hear that was my dream for about 10 years time yes. well i didn't think uh-huh. this was going to happen now so um i phoned the warehouse and i said i've got all these orders for america like can you do that and they said, yeah, that's fine. They're all, you know, they're being shipped out. And I said, but what's that, what's that costing me for delivery? And they said, oh, about $20, $20 or 20 pounds. I was like, Frick, per order? And I'm charging the Babacush cost 99 pounds or something. And I thought, I haven't tied that in. I thought it was just going to be a couple of quid for local deliveries yes. here. 
So I was like, should I add on shipping? And if I do, how do I do that? Web designer, can you add on shipping? And it's like, oh, well, people won't want to pay for delivery if they're paying over a hundred pounds. I don't care. I'm going to lose money if I don't. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I was very lucky because, um, yeah, I basically made all my money back within about the first week because I sold out then. Every, I'd ordered a thousand units from a first order from China. Um, six week turnaround time, six weeks on the sea and um, then about a week to clear customs. So uh, that's about, yeah, 14 weeks oh, in total. And I thought, right, I've now run out of stock. Yes. 14 weeks from now, you know, so I've got nothing to sell. Like yes. the orders, oh my God. And this momentum was going. And I was like, well, how has this happened? So I went on Facebook and, you know, different people were phoning me and everyone was going, oh my God, congratulations. And as much as I felt like, yeah, I've won the lottery. It was like, what if, what if? I know this sounds so morbid and terrible. What if a baby dies on my product, even though it's gone through everything? It's a wee tiny baby. Yeah. Not, I mean, I knew I had everything covered. I'd gone through the safety testing and it passed no problems at all but you just think right it's such early days it's only been going a week that gives us no time to know if something can go wrong which mm-hmm. things do mm-hmm. even for baby products that have been out for you know 40 or 50 years mm-hmm. you know things can go wrong um so say i place another order now i should probably order five thousand not a thousand oh God, this is a hard i know yeah hard yeah, so, so do, do I order them or do I wait and see if something happens to a baby? I was like, oh, that's so negative. So I thought, I'm just going to have to go for it. So I placed another order, like probably, so about two days after I launched, I had to order, I ordered 2,000. I thought, I can't, I can't do 5,000. Yeah. So I ordered another 2,000. So of course they took 15 weeks or something to arrive. They were all sold before they even got here. Oh my God. Yeah, so even before they arrived, I placed another order for 5,000 and then another order for 15,000 towards the end of the year, basically. But then they didn't come, you know, till later, much later on. So that's how, you know, I turned over that 1.3 million within the first year. Sure. I well, feel like standing about... up and going, well <laughs> done, you for not giving up. Like, what a journey. I like, know. all them years. Like, that is unbelievable. I'm just listening, thinking, like, such a woman you are to have not given up. You were so determined. That's so inspirational. Do you know what was hard? You know, you get to sort of four years down the road of trying to launch this product and nothing's happening. You go, I have spent four years of hell trying to, you know, mm-hmm. launch this business and I don't know if it's going to happen and if it does, when it's going to happen mm-hmm. and if it's even going to be worth it. Do I just stop now? You know, do mm-hmm. I just stop now and go, do you know what? I was, I loved being a child minor mm-hmm. and it was such a simple life. Why am I putting myself and my family through this hell? Mm-hmm. And they think, but four years down the drain, I can't just pull the plug now. You know, yeah. I could, could launch in a year. Once you get deep in, you'd start See what you got back. to, yeah, year 11. Uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, honestly, it's such an inspirational story. So just to go back to that video, because people are always trying to get the viral video for their business to in turn get the sales. How did that happen? You didn't yeah. pay for that or anything like that? I was so fortunate because it was, my product is such a controversial, well, not controversial, it's just different. No one's ever done it before. Mm-hmm. And it was, mine was just a rocker that instead of putting a baby on its bum, you put it on its tummy. And no one had ever done that. And now I know why, <laughs> because it was hell to get it out there. Um, but I think because people looked at it and thought, oh, that's a bed and that baby's sleeping on its tummy. You can't do that. They didn't see it. No, it's not. It's just a rocker. It's just a bouncer. The baby's mm-hmm. resting on its tummy. It's not sleeping at night. It's not a bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just got tongues wagging and people starting to fight. Like people were having full on rows on my Facebook page. This is, you're going to, you're going to murder a baby if you put it on this. This is SIDS waiting to happen caught death. And I was like, oh no, no, I don't. This is my worst nightmare come true. And then after a few days, I thought, 
this is actually the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's because it's so controversial and it's causing all this chin wagging and gossiping about it that's making it really blow up. Mm -hmm. So then it was picked up because the news channels love that. Huffington Post were thinking, happy days, everyone's screaming at each other over this. Let's post it on our page and we'll get loads of traffic to us because they could see it was driving loads of traffic to my site. So I thought, well, let's drive some traffic to our sites, obviously. So then it was Huffington Post and CNBC. And my God, the orders were flying. And I was on my fourth website by, I think by month four, I'd gone through four websites because I had to upgrade from WordPress to Spotify. Shopify. Shopify. Spotify. Everybody calls it Spotify. Shopify, yeah. Even that one crashed as well. Yeah. So it did. It just kept crashing. Um, I had to get somebody basically sitting with their finger on a button going, you know, trying to keep it online throughout yeah. the night and everything. Wow. Yeah, it was insane. Oh, it shows the power of a one small little few second video. I know. It? So I basically didn't pay for any marketing whatsoever for about the first two years until it sort of <laughs> lost dream. its, you know, like yeah. viral, yes. you know, yes. thing. And then um, tell us about the fact that you now have a dragon by your side. So because it had gone viral, that's why I wanted to talk about the different channels that were sharing it. So of course, Dragon's Den heard about it and I was asked to go on there several times and constantly get an emails. And I, I just, I didn't have time. Not only was I trying to do all the orders, I employed one girl and she did um, most of the day-to-day -day sort of communi communicating with the customers and keeping on top of Facebook and social media and stuff like that. And then that freed me up a bit just to fix all the problems that were going on in the background, which was a full-time job, there was always a problem. Um, so she, oh God, she just saved my life, that girl. So she was with me for a few years. Um, I had retailers, distributors, baby shops from all over the world. I probably had over a hundred emails a day from people like that saying, can I sell your product? My customers want to have the Babel Kush in stock here. And I just ignored them all. I couldn't do it. I thought, you know what? I just don't have time. Um, I can't even keep stock for my online orders. There's no way I can get enough to send out to distributors all throughout the world. And if I do, I'd heard quite a lot of negative stories that they can ruin your brand and ruin your name and you know lower the price and do offers and then that affects your online sales and it was just it was just a headache I thought I can't think about it and then I had people guessing them in my ear saying if you don't do that now someone's going to copy your product and then they'll do it and they'll have it in all the shops then you've only got this short window of time before it's copied and it's, so everyone puts the fear of God in you and you just have to learn to block out those voices and take a few things on board but still follow your gut so in the end, I thought I'm not going to go on Dragon's Den because I've seen too many people just fall to pieces and I am a fall to pieces girl, mm -hmm. I would. And I'm terrible at maths and numbers. And mm -hmm. if they asked me, what did, what's your turnover and what about this and your what's that? I can tell neck. them, it, I can tell you those figures, but if you try and get me to work something out while I'm standing up there, yeah. I mean, I'm, I can, can just work out how to stand here yes. and talk, Never mind, you know, any big numbers. So thought I'm not going to do that but then I thought the way my mind works this has obviously happened for a reason what would that be and then I was watching Dragon's Den anyway and I thought well there's Tucker Suleiman he seems to be the baby man he's you know talked about I googled him and thought yeah I knew them all anyway you know because I'd watched the show and I thought he just seems really lovely so I sent an email to his um, office I looked him up and sent an email and said my name's Karen Evans and I have this company and it turned over this much last year and this much the year before and um, I'm having you know hundreds of emails every day from retailers and distributors throughout the world and I'm fine with the online side of the business but that's just something I don't have the time or energy to look at and I'm just wondering would you be interested in any way meeting up or chatting about it so about half an hour later <laughs> I got up. an email can you come to the office next half Tuesday uh-huh so this this reinforces <clears throat> what a few people have said in the podcast actually you have to send that email you know you have to make that reach out you never know mm-hmm 
podcast yeah, on Valerio. You've got nothing to lose by sending a quick email. And now tell us he's... So um, I went out to meet him and um, he was absolutely lovely, I swear. I felt, I, like I, was, lovely. I was, felt like I was sitting in the room with my, my father-in-law mm-hmm. or something. It was yes. just like I was so comfortable and he said, what do you want from me? And I thought I didn't have anything prepared and I thought I'm just going to go in and talk as if I'm talking to a friend. And yeah. I said, I actually don't know, but I'll tell you what I don't want is in five years time to look back and say, I missed the boat or I did it wrong. Or why did I not speak to somebody who could help me with this side of things, retail and distribution, who knows what they're doing and can do it in a short amount of time. What's going to take me five or 10 years to do? Yes. And he said, right, okay, well, let's talk about that. And, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm interested type I'm thing. I'm in. I'm in. Again. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's in. Brilliant. Yeah, so, and that's, you know, he's just like Uncle Tucker. Uncle Tucker. <laughs> I love it. I hope Uncle Tucker's listening to me. And he hears us. It's great words about him. But, Kerry, I could talk to you all day about this here. And do you know what? There's people listening and they're going to want to follow this journey as well. Where can we continue to see what's, what, what actually, what are the plans for Babakush now? Plans in- for Babakush. So what I wanted to do at the very start was to do a Babakush rocker and a bouncer and a blanket and all, you know, different yes. things that would tie in, but it just, there's so much else going on. And then with everything that's going on in China and freight, freight costs are up massively and different things, you know, the world's just a different place to what it all, what it was four or five years ago. So there's certain things that I've been working on and haven't been happy with and we've had to change and all the rest. So new product development, basically. Brilliant. But because the Babo Kush did so well, you know, I had the luxury of not having to Worry rush about, any of that, yes, you know. No. And, and you take that time to yourself, you've earned yeah. it after all those years. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely amazing. I know there's going to be so many people I'm um, just so inspired by that that determination not to give up. Isn't it? Mm. I think this is going to be the title of your podcast. Oh, I'm not giving up. <laughs> yeah. um, but where can we now, if there's a mum listening and she wants to buy the Babakush, where can they buy it? And also, can they follow you on social? Do you watch your social yeah. handles? So it's just babakush.com. And if you look up Babakush, you'll find all the social handles. They're all there for you to see. Mm-hmm. And actually what I'm doing. Oh, because... yes. That's what I wanted to say. So if anybody needs help in that area tell us what your new business is yep so i'm in the process at the moment of setting up carrie nevins consulting which means that if anybody wants to go on the journey that i've been on but wants to do it within 12 yes to 24 months rather yes. than 12 to 14 years <laughs> i can help you yes then you have mastered yeah. it down i have yes. yeah i mean i have saved people so much not only time but mm-hmm. the amount of money that i mm-hmm. wasted mm-hmm. Let me. Yeah. it was insane insane I could have saved tens of thousands of pounds mm-hmm. if I had have had a me a yes. carry that I yes. could have picked up the phone and said what do I do about this yes. and it's not even that I'm going to have all the answers but I can point you in the right direction I've got mm-hmm. all the contacts yes. and I've got I can even just hearing those words of don't worry about that mm-hmm. don't worry someone's going to copy your idea don't worry about hiding it from me or you know your neighbor they're not going to do it yes you know well, they're going to you need that advice and to be able to have someone readily there to give it to him is amazing. So Kerry Nevins Consultancy, look out for that in the coming weeks and months. And also babacush.com um, is where they can find out all yeah. the information. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't wait to have you back next series and see what else Am you're Am I coming back? Well, definitely. We'll hear what else is in the pipeline. Okay. So thank you so much, Kerry. Thank you. Remember, if you do listen to an episode, screenshot it and share it on social. Remember to tag me so that I see it and I can reshare on my platform. I love to see everyone tuning in each week. It has been an honour to be your host. I look forward to our next episode.